Welcome to another video. I am the RPG Lord Master, and this is the Red Hand of Doom. Behind every video that you will find in this channel, there's always going to be a reason that I picked it. The adventures I have chosen to break down are all significant for their own reasons. All of them taught me something. The Sunless Citadel and the Standing Stone, how to alter the stories to make them more fitting to my world and to my players. The Paladin in Hell, how to invest into smaller things that might seem unimportant, such as an innocent wounded acolyte in a room, might be a deadly threat that affected the whole game in the worst possible way. In this video, I will choose the Red Hand of Doom, an adventure that is really important because it brought a large-scale scope into my table. But not only this, it taught me how to write and construct my adventures, my, my future adventures, in ways that they are straightforward and really simple to follow as a game master. The designers of the Red Hand of Doom had made an exceptional work to present you with a pits that initially would look almost impossible to run, but in reality is not only possible, but really simple to follow through. The Red Hand of Doom is an adventure for characters of level 6 to 12 for 3.5 D&D. Richard Baker and James Jacobs are the creators of the story, and it was published back in February of 2006 for the Too Long in Wads part. The structure of this adventure is simple and straightforward. There is a large army of thousands of hobgoblins that they are gathering up up north, and they are preparing to attack the Eldesir Vale, the location where your players are. Your players are going to get involved, and a five-part story is going to be laid down before them. That story will span from evacuating villages to sabotage large enemy camps, to gather allies, and finally standing up to the horde in the end. Well, at least for the first four parts, that is, because the fifth part, it takes a total different turn, and it becomes kind of a dungeon delve that you are trying to kill the leader of the horde, who is one of the favorites of Tiamat. So, with no further ado, let us proceed with the first part, called The Witchwood. In the first part of this adventure, the players are going to be ambushed by a couple of ways of hobgoblins with their hellhounds. If the players interrogate them and search their bodies, they will find interesting information regarding a base that they have in a castle near the Witchwood. Let me take a moment here and just appreciate how well done this adventure was made. The map of Elder Vale, which is the location that the Horde is going to attack and invade, is beautiful. We have the towns, we have the villages, we have everything we need to run the whole adventure in it. And of course, not just only that, all of the towns and the cities and pretty much everything we're going to be using, they have a detailed map with artwork of the major NPCs and everything that we're going to need to use for our game. So our players are going to find their way towards Drelin's Ferry. A small village that is preparing to receive war. They already know what's happening, but they don't have any details. Now, the group actually has an information that is really vital for them. And the town speaker Noro, along with his captain of the guards, Sorana, will approach them and ask for their help. Accepting the players will start their journey towards Wrath Keep to investigate the information they have picked up from the marauders that they attacked them. Their first stop will be Jor's cabin. Jor is going to be used as a guide. He knows the Witchwood better than anyone. But heading into the dangerous territory that the Hobgoblins have invaded and already made their base is a really dangerous thing to do. As a result, the group will have to encounter a Hydra to the north near the causeway. Making it out alive, 
it would lead them into the actual Wrath Keep. The Keep is the first place that the players are going to meet one of the Wyrmlords, the lieutenants of the Horde. Goblins with wargs, a manticore, some hobgoblins with a minotaur, and of course the final combat that it will take place with a lieutenant Koth. In one of those rooms, the players are going to find the war map, which is a really interesting handout for your players. It is a zoomed-in location of the Elysir map, with notes of the battle plans and all the information that the Greenskins have added on it. Have your players have a go at it. It's a really interesting thing to see what will they come up with. And of course, they are going to gain a lot of information that it will lead them into the following parts of the story. The next probable step for them to make is to explore the northern part of the location that they are right now. Either with the help of the map or by interrogating people from the Wrath Keep, they are going to head to the Skull Gorge Bridge to investigate and see how real the threat is. This is the part where the players are going to have to start thinking a bit differently if they want to be successful in finalizing this adventure. Many of the random encounters are with powerful monsters that they can be used as allies into the Great War against the Greenskins. It's up to the players to decide if they want to just kill the enemies or find clever ways to bring them on to their side. And this will happen on their way to the Skull Gorge Bridge, finding the giants. Scouting the gorge, they are going to find half a dozen tents and a green dragon in the area. Another really important part of this adventure is that the choices that the players are going to be making they actually count into the results that the adventure will have. As a game master, you will have to always keep tally of the important things that the players are doing. The designers have already thought and put into the book a lot of the things that, that really matter. Of course, you're free to add as many as you like, but this is one of those situations. If they actually manage to deal with the Skull Gorge Bridge camp, they move on to the north and they find out that there's a huge army waiting for them there. Causing any damage to the bridge will gain them some days. You always have from now on to count the days that they actually are passing. Every rest counts because the actual horde has a specific timetable of how they're planning to do their attack. Based on the things that the players are doing, that timetable is going to be affected. For instance, if you destroy the Skullgord's bridge, you're going to hinder the movement of the Horde a lot. And that will give you the opportunity to go back into Drelin's Ferry and convince the people to evacuate before the actual first waves of the invasion approach to them. And that's a really important victory in this adventure. If the players fail to gather all this information from these important areas like the Wrathkeep or, for instance, the Skullgord's bridge, or even seeing the actual army being in Cinterhill, they're going to return back to the village and and slowly they're going to be the recipients of devastating attacks that they are slowly are going to be increased. Those will start simply with goblin raids, but if the players sit in the village and they do not convince them fast enough that they are in danger, these attacks are going to escalate into more grave and dangerous ones. Monsters like chimeras and manticores will escort the goblins into their attack, and eventually they will realize that there is war coming their way. Now the players will have a couple of choices. Either they follow the leads they have gathered and head towards rest, where they know that there is another Wyrmlord hiding, or they will decide to stick around to Elisir and scout, generally getting involved with the war that is preparing to hit the area. Choosing the latter will leave the players with a plethora of encounters that they can use. The mercenary gold, 
A couple of add-ins with a group of goblins, they're attacking a wagon filled with treasure that is heading into the Hammerfist hands, an encounter that can create a really interesting moral dilemma for the players. If they kill the attackers, should they keep the huge treasure for themselves? Or should they hand it back to the captain of Hammerfist, knowing that it will help tremendously in the coming war? Another encounter is the not-so-sick spy. In the midst of a large refugee group, they spot a Red Hand spy. It's an interesting RP session that can be played with Miha, the spy of the Red Hand. She is a really interesting character and can be used effectively later in parts of the adventure that the players would not suspect. Marked for Death is another encounter that the players could stumble upon in their travels within the Elysir Vale. The Hobgoblins leave a bait for the players to lure them into a deadly ambush. As long as the players are getting into the feet of the Hobgoblins, they are slowly starting to think that they are a threat that has to be dealt with. So, they are doing things to ensure that. Marked for Death is one of those situations. The ambush that they are creating is pretty much a bunch of hobgoblins with an ogre that will attack to kill the players if they're trying to save some of the prisoners. This is a deadly encounter. They will have to face five hobgoblins, two ogres, a couple of barkests, and four black spawn riders. If not played carefully, many of your players, if not all, can die here. Also, there is an encounter for the chance the players might be captured. A detailed timeline of what happens to the players while they are imprisoned is given, and of course, several opportunities for the players to escape, giving them the chance to return to the fight against the Horde. Of course, the most crazy and possible, if you ask me, scenario of the players heading to deal with the Horde leaders themselves. It might be a suicide mission, but the adventurer has already thought about it, giving the stats and the names of the important warriors, monsters and champions, leaders and commanders of the Horde that the players can face before the Horde arrives at Brindol. That will lead to a significantly lesser Horde attack if the players manage to deal with those threats. If the players are more sensible and they decide to follow their clues and head towards the City of Rest, they have three ways to do so. By the river into the lake through the Dawnway route, or if they feel confident enough, straight through the Witchwood. All three are possible with their own difficulties. When the players arrive at the Black Fans, they are going to be faced with a plethora of encounters. There is a road blockade, spawns of a Tiamat where the Tiri Elves will come to the players with their giant owls. If the players deal with the Elves with friendly and peaceful ways, they might gain some powerful allies for the war to come, and they will bring them to one of their encampment, Starsong Hill where they can meet numerous NPCs and a safe place for them to rest and recuperate through these difficult times. The Tiri Elves are a great source of information in the area. The better the RP the players do with their leaders and important characters, the more prepared can be for their future endeavors. Finally, the players will arrive at the ruins of rest, a once glorious and powerful capital, now a destroyed and abandoned ghost of itself submerged most under the water. They will find out a large force of lizardmen, along with a group of a red hand, that they are residing there. They can choose to infiltrate the location, making sure they are picking them one by one at the time, if they are careful. Of course, they can go in with guns blazing, causing havoc and raising awareness to all of the enemies. Players will meet their enemies at the Lizard Hacts. They are going to deal with the hobgoblins that they are residing at the Bell Tower. There is going to be the Town Hall, where it is filled with ogres, more augurs, there's even more green spawns, razor fiends, there's an etin, there's a torturous hobgoblin, and of course, there is the Wyrmlord leader, Sarvith, and his eagle, who is holding the clue for the next part. 
a letter from one of the other leaders informing him that he is holding a really powerful phylactery that was stolen by a lich, making him to actually follow them into war against the humans. Finally, they're going to deal with a black dragon, who if they manage to kill, they will locate the actual phylactery they have found out in the letter before, and that will send them straight into the next act of the adventure. If they have managed to broker an alliance with the Tiri Elves, something done, if they have managed to earn favor with their actions in the Vale, killing Razor Fiends, or defeating the Red Hand, or killing the Dragon, etc., either the Elves will thankfully not be willing to join them, or they will be impressed by them and they are willing to send some help to the city of Brindle in the form of handers with their giant owls. Fighting the phylactery of the Ghost Lord along with the letter in the Wormlord's possession in the last act of the adventure, the players will already have deducted that the Horde have a powerful Lich in their ranks. If they decide to meet with the Lich, they are going to research his location and find it in the Thorn Waste. Finding a terrain of broken hills and briar-chalked ravines, the group will find themselves at the treacherous landscape that will eventually lead them to the Ghost Lord's Lair. An imposing structure, shaped roughly like a lion atop, being covered with countless of spirits of lions flying unendingly around it. The group will be welcomed by a Fintus Beher, a couple of ghost brute lions and an ogre Darlan, some hobgoblins, a large ooze, some more hobgoblins, a very detailed and difficult fight among the Wyrmlord Stormcaller and the group. An interesting outcome will take place if the group spares the pleading for mercy defeated enemy. She is a master liar and she will feed the players many plausible but wrong information, attempting to slow them down. In their way they're going to meet six lesser bone drinkers and another dire lion. The Ghost Lord himself can be confronted in three different ways. If they damage the lion heart at area 15, if they damage the shrine at area 17, or if they enter the area 16 where the actual ghost lore exists, they're going to try to convince him and probably making him abandon the red hand. If they have the phylactery, he might do so if they are convincing enough. After all, the damn hobgoblins of the red hand managed to steal his phylactery from his vault room and thus having the third part of this adventure to come to an end, with the players having to make some really important decisions. Will they head to Brindle to protect it by the marching horde, or will they ignore the attack, leaving the city to be raised and head to the fane of Tiamat to deal with the mastermind of all the hobgoblins? Well, this will be found out on our next video, on the Red Hand of Doom Part 2. Thank you for being here and watching this video. If you enjoy this content, leave a like and subscribe to the channel, it really helps. Also leave a comment below, what other adventure would you like for me to go into next time? I have a couple in my mind, but I would definitely appreciate some of your input regarding that. This was the RPG Loremaster, and welcome to my table.